Welcome to Legends of the Hall, the podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs, telling the stories of the greatest stars in the history of Pro Rodeo. On today's show, we hear from world champion and 2004 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee Fred Whitfield. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame, Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo, and today's biggest stars. This is professional rodeo announcer Steve Kenyon. Legends of the Hall is being sponsored by Wrangler, the official Western wear of Pro Rodeo. Long live Cowboys. In just a moment, Fred Whitfield. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. Welcome to the Legends of the Hall podcast. I'm Steve Kenyon. Fred Whitfield is a world champion, went into the Hall of Fame with a great class in 2004. That class of Hall of Famers included world champion bareback rider Clint Corey, world champion T. Woolman, rodeo announcer Bob Tallman, 1957 world champion saddle bronc rider Alvin Nelson, the late Asbury Shell of Arizona, and a three-time, he was a three-time world champion team roper. It was really a great class that went into the Hall of Fame. Dr. J. Pat Evans from the Justin Sports Medicine Program went in along with secretary and timer June Ivory. Uh, Dave Smith of the Dallas uh, Morning News went in in the newly created media category. And three bars, the Bucking Horse and the Kessler String, all inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame that year, 2004. Today, Fred, is working for a living, working hard. Uh, he is involved in the Rock and Rodeo, Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo. He's one of the coaches, and uh, he is one of the guys who's been in the corner of the man who's won $93,000 already this year, Shad Mayfield. He talked a lot about Shad. He talked a lot about the Hall of Fame, and he talked about Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo as we had a chance to visit with Fred Whitfield on today's Legends of the Hall podcast. There is a unique new event that's coming to uh, be part of the PBR's World Finals in May. May the 17th is called Kid Rock's Rock and Roll Rodeo. Um, it's a team concept, and the team concept includes coaches. And one of the coaches happens to be an eight-time world champion and a Hall of Famer in 2004, Fred Whitfield, who joins us. Uh, Fred, thank you so much for your time. I feel like somebody ought to be raising the roof or something here right now. Uh, thanks for, 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 for giving us a minute. This, this sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun for you guys that are coaches. It really is, Steve. He called me a few months ago. And, um, you know, he said we'd get back to, to with you with more details. And I was actually sitting in a little restaurant, so I walked outside. And so I said, man, I'm glad to get the phone call, you know, to be back involved in, in rodeo somewhat. And um, I'm excited about it. You know, there's several other guys that I competed against over the years. Joe Beaver, Cody Ole, uh, Sid Steiner, different event. Charmaine, good friend of mine, Bobby Moe. Luke Branquino, who's the commissioner of the deal. So we're all coming back together. And, you know, when we unveiled this deal out in, in Las Vegas, there was a lot of buzz around it. And we had a big party over at the Mandalay Bay and Kid Rock showed up and, um, you know, got to rub shoulders with some pretty good guys over there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I'll, I'll bet you a time or two since this was announced. Have you gotten to meet Kid Rock? Have you gotten to meet Kid Rock? I'll bet you've gotten that a little bit. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I... I out there actually in las vegas at the mandalay bay at our unveiling party and 
uh, got to hang around with him a little while that night. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty, pretty neat deal. Fred, explain how this is going to work. It's May the 17th, uh, PBR Finals weekend, and you guys are putting together a team concept. There's a draft that's going to take place. Are you are you kind of having to watch the world standings and get on the Cowboy Channel every once in a while, watch rodeos and things like that, figure out who you're going to pick? I'm looking. I'm looking, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm kind of old news, but I've been paying attention here lately. I watched quite a bit at Fort Worth and um, – you know, Steve, I can't un- unveil who I'm really looking at now, but uh, a friend of mine up there in Oregon, he's my assistant coach, Curtis Peterson. So we've been doing some really scouting, and, and we're going to shock some people with some picks that we're going to make. Curtis uh, Curtis is a good friend of mine, too, and I will guarantee you he's going to have notes on everybody. He's going to – he will – He you couldn't have picked a better scout. Why, why do you think I picked him? Because yeah. Curtis – part of several gold buckles that I won. We know each other inside and out. And I mean, we're, we, we know what one he, Curtis knows what I'm thinking. I know what he's thinking. And so we've been on the same page from day one when it comes to this. And, but I wanted a guy that was dang sure going to pay attention, know the rules inside and out, know our advantages and our disadvantages. And there's no other better guy in my mind than Curtis Peterson. Yeah. Um, this thing's going to be, what do you have a sense, Fred? What the rodeo is going to be like? I I can't imagine with Kid Rock involved that it's not going to be big time rodeo with a concert throughout. I mean, it's going to be music and rodeo. Am I thinking correctly? I think so too, Steve. I really, honestly do. And the thing about it is, we're going to try. I'm going to try to have the best guys in the world on my team in every event. You know, it's a draft, so uh, things are going to move pretty fast, and things are going to change. Hopefully it grows into something that, that turns into, you know, we're having this one rodeo. We want to continue to have them after this. If this deal goes over good, it, the team concept may be just now born. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember watching team rodeos years ago, Fred. And, uh, you know, and, and this is going to look similar as I understand it, particularly in the timed events. I mean, it's literally um, – Two tie-down ropers, two bulldoggers side-by-side, side, barrel racers running at the same time, right? Is that what we're going to see? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's red light, green light, or red, yellow, go. Huh. How's yes, that going to affect the ropers? I, I, have you ever roped in a scenario like that? Well, they had some of them right from the time I was a kid. And so there was a guy from back east somewhere over in Mississippi that brought it through, and it was just jackpot ropings and so I didn't really get to do it a lot because they they invited all the top guys back then, and I was pretty young. So I got to see it just a little bit, yeah. and it looked really fun. And so I believe on Wednesday night, Wednesday or Thursday up there at Dallas, we're going to set all this up. And, I mean, there's no real way to practice it. Yeah. And so show up early are going to try to get a go of it. But, you know, as professionals in, in any sport, uh, the arenas change from day to day. There's never been a side by side rodeo, but um, I, I think the guys in in our sport will be able to adapt and, and and catch on pretty quick. And I mean, it's all about the competition inside the arena. As long as we don't have anything major go wrong, I mean, it's just going to be uh, it's timing. A guy's got to be watching the lights, and you got to be prepared to go. Yeah. This this can't be. Go ahead, Fred. Cap, I'm sorry. I was if a just... cap head or if a looking off when the gate opens buddy you gotta be ready to spur yeah. you gotta be reaching rope same thing in the team roping you know coming off there you got 
got a steer and two guys involved. And when everything goes right, it looks superb, but there could be some variables here. Will the team roping be the side-by-side deal too? Yes, sir. Huh. All, all the events tomorrow are going to be side-by-side. And so it's, um, I don't know that they're going to turn two horses, two bucking horses right. out in the arena at the same time. They may be in two different arenas, but they'll, they'll definitely go. Interesting. Um, how am I am I wrong in thinking that you know that's going to be a little bit of an interesting test, like for a rope horse, for a tie down roping horse, to have something going on, you know, off to my left or off to my right, or or am I overthinking we, it way too? Get on, Steve. We talked about that a little bit, and uh, well, we actually we talked about it a lot. I mean, they're going to be it's a distraction, or it can be a distraction. Yeah. Uh, Fred Whitfield's joining us. Um, Fred, think back to 2004. You went into the Hall of Fame with a great class of Hall of Famers. Um, Clint Corey, uh, T. Woolman, um, Saddle Bronc rider Alvin Nelson, Dr. J. Wow. Pat Evans, Tallman, the horse three bars of the Kesslers. Um, yes. Yeah, that was that was a heck of a class. Yeah, and it, it was I was still rodeoing, you know, not, I won the world in 05. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I got inducted in 04 and I won the world in 05. Then I, I don't remember what happened in 06. Cody won it then, but 07 was the first year that I did not make the national finals. And I had surgery after the finals in 06. And so I was out till about June of 2007 and I just missed the finals by about 7,000 that year. And Reno was my first rodeo. And, you know, I went to Calgary that summer. And I, the doctor said, well, you won't rope until August, September. And I told Dr. Dawson, I said, I'll guarantee you that I'm going to rope at Calgary. And lo and behold, I went to Calgary in July and won 118,000. And, um, you know, the cowboy way, Steve, yeah. is I could have took that 118,000 and went home. But I actually sacrificed, if my memory serves me correct, I sacrificed about 28000 of that money trying to make the finals that summer and missed it by a little bit. Yeah. That, I'm not going to say that's what started my free fall from, from dominance, but I wasn't quite ready after the surgery, and, and I tried to make it work just because I was pretty bullheaded, you know, and I'd been to uh, 17 NFRs in a row. And um, I, I just didn't want to miss one, and, and so – Maybe looking back on it, I probably made a mistake. And, and honestly, was I ready for a rigorous season like that? Probably not. And I wasn't 100% healed. But, I mean, hell, I went to Calgary. And, and that year in the Final Four, I was the only one to get a time. So I should have got all the money, and I didn't. Today, you would. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. You would today. Um, yeah. You know, these I, I if I were you, Fred, it would be hard for me to take a look back at all the go round wins and not multiply it by what I don't know, the guys won last year. <laughs> just just for the heck of it. The the money you know, has I, improved a little. I, I could be that guy, but and and here's another thing too, Steve, and, and you know, a lot of things that the guys are doing nowadays roping calves. I did it and not to take anything away from what they're doing today. It's just more publicized, you know, social media. You get to see those guys every run they make. Yeah. And that was between me and Cody and Joe. And, you know, Joe was doing stuff that Roy was doing, you know, when they were praising him and along came Fred. I was doing stuff that those guys did just to, at a little bit higher level winning-wise. 
but it just wasn't we wasn't on tv every day we didn't have instagram TikTok, snapchat facebook we didn't have all that stuff and so there was a big delay from the time people got to see what you were actually doing in the trenches till it came to life right yeah um and, and i'm t- for the guys today i mean there's a lot of guys that wrote good and in in hell shad's already got sixty three thousand one on the new season he's been to seven rodeos man yeah and he's doing it with bad hips um he's yeah. doing it with the with with hips that are bothering him which to me is amazing i hope he can I, I the only thing i worry about with that and shad knows his body way more than anybody else does obviously but will he be able to hold up the whole year well and and, and i'll it's, it's behind us. I mean, he was actually hurting out there at the finals, you know. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And because you were there. I, you were there with him at the finals. You were in his corner. A little bit out there. He called me last summer and was struggling, having trouble. And you know, we had a long talk, and I told him I would help him if 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 he thought I was going to be beneficial to what he was trying to do. I agreed to do it. And so, uh, in in my opinion, right now, not to take anything away from Riley and Haven and, or any of them guys that wrote, but. Chad's the best calf roper in the world, bar none. Yeah, he's I mean, well, he's proven it right now. He's like you say, he's won almost seventy thousand already. Yeah, nobody wants to hear it. the truth is the truth, and I mean, he's if that guy keeps his head on straight and and stays out of trouble and does the right thing, he can win more gold buckles than I won. Maybe even with D. The one thing Shad needs to do, Fred, in my opinion, is have a What's great that? NFR. Is is breakthrough and have a really really good NFR. <laughs> coming i mean you're gonna have a great nfr last year other than one calf or two yeah good point i mean you go back and look at it he let two calves get up he tied one in six one what else do you want him to do <laughs> had he done prior to had he done that prior to this last year no he's improving man and and you know for me that's the one knock that 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 anybody's got on that dude yeah. you know what i mean well, he hadn't had a good NFR. I said, let me be the judge of that after I go out there and help him one time, yeah. see what happens. Uh, and, and I told him this winter was coming when we left Las Vegas. I said, hey, keep your head on straight. You'll have 100, 140,000 one when the buildings are over. And then go from there. And, and, and you know, Steve, I never, I never done anything better than anybody in Las Vegas. Was I the most dominant out there? Probably not. But was I the most consistent calf roper in Las Vegas? I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd argue my numbers against anybody's, and that's just the way it is. And and stuff like that don't get talked about. You know, hell, I'm I'm 18 years removed from a world championship, and this year will be 12 years since I competed last at the NFR. That's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, it really 18 is. 18 from my last gold buckle. And, I mean, time rolls right on by, and it doesn't stand still for any of us. And – like I said, I mean, there's a lot of guys that wrote good today, but, man, there's one guy that, that's head and shoulders above the rest. And, I mean, it, it is what it is. I know people don't like to hear that because they don't want you glorifying one, but that dude's bad news, period, bar none. Let me ask you about the beginnings of your career, Fred. And you and I didn't – I don't know if you remember this. I always will because I thought it was one of the best interviews I ever had a chance to do. Um Years ago, we, we, we did a show together um, on RFD TV before the Cowboy Channel at the NFR, one of your fi- last years at the NFR. And I asked you about when you were a kid, 13, 14 years old, you walked into Rope and Jackpots in South Texas, and uh, 
here's here's this one young black kid and he walks in and he immediately starts turning heads with his rope you started your career making a lot of people pay attention because you rope so well and and you did it when you were a teenager you weren't even old enough to have a driver's license yet right it started early and i mean it's like the kids in high school and baseball or basketball football you know how and and hell i'm one of them guys because my daughters played volleyball you know you would see a phenom and pick up on it you know and and for me i I started hearing the chatter at about 12 13 years old but you won't believe this steve the knock on me is that i wasn't going to be big enough because i was little in high school really when i when i yes when i got out of high school i was i wasn't six foot tall and probably weighed 165 pounds 70 maybe and and i just grew after high school the first two years out of school i just hit a growth spurt and I got to where, like, I had trouble flanking calves early on, you know, and I worked out after I got my card and stuff. I never worked out because, hell, I quit playing uh, football my freshman year because I was playing on, on junior varsity and varsity and starting on both teams, but I wouldn't go to practice because I was roping and doing shit with horses, you know what I mean? <laughs> Coach come to me one day and he said, hey, Whitfield, he said, man, I'm catching some flack about, about you not going to practice and then me starting you. I said, well, I mean, I'm not really going to come to practice. If I miss a play or something, you let me know. Yeah. And I said, we'll figure it out. But And and so I quit. And so I didn't – I wasn't the athlete that the kids are today. You know what I mean? So it took me a little while to develop. And honestly, Steve, my rookie year should have been 87, 88. But I hung around down here to get – shit lined up the way I wanted it right. to where I could afford to go and not have to depend on somebody, which, I mean, I had the Moffitt, so you've heard that story before, but sure. I mean, was I ready to be a world champion at 21 years old? Probably not. 18, 19, probably not. I mean, I, I come from, from less than humble beginnings, man. I mean, you know, the story, oh, yeah. I, they're secret. And so for me to, to just to jump out there and, and do it all pretty much on my own, it wasn't feasible. You know what I mean? I had to have shit lined up the right way. I needed a truck. I needed horses. I needed a checkbook that had unlimited funds. And, hell, can you imagine? It didn't cost me half of what it costs the guys to rodeo today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it just the timing, the timing wasn't there for me to be – 18, 19 years old and get my card. Was I roping ready? Probably. Was I mentally ready? Not even close. I had never heard the story about you not being big enough, Fred. I mean, I, you and I stood next to each other more than once, and um, you're a good-sized man. It, it's true. It, it, it's definitely true. Around home where I grew up at in Cyprus and stuff, you know, that was the knock on me that I wasn't, I wasn't big enough. I wasn't going to be able to handle the big calves that they were roping out. You know, and, and I've always called the PRCA the ocean. You know why? Because there's stingrays, there's hammerheads, there's a great, there's some great whites, a great black. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jelly. There, the, all the elements, and that's that's basically where I wanted to go. You know, I went to high school rodeos for a little bit, didn't like that. Then I went, never never entered college. That's the one thing that that I wish I had done. I never 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 enrolled at a college, which good or bad you know i encourage kids nowadays to get an education to have something to fall back on because i mean look at me i'm i'm 56 years old and i'm working yeah you know 
know, had I done things a little different in the rodeo world, I'd be in there somewhere. But but honestly, I don't miss it. And and Steve, you know, the one thing that I'm most proud of What's is that? it's not buckles. It's it's being a good dad. In my own man, doing it my way. I, I did it the way I wanted to, whether, you know, I was shunned by certain people for, for whatever reason. But I mean, I, I never, I never, and I never shit on anybody throughout the whole sport. You can pull them off and nobody has, nobody has nothing bad to say about me. And, and, and I mean, I could, I hang my hat on that. You know what I mean? I kept my word, whether it cost me money, cost me friends, cost me whatever. And, and so, I, I love everything about the sport of rodeo, but it's changed so much to where I don't recognize it at times. Tell me about um, draft day. I promise you I'd, I'd keep this this quick, and I've actually taken up more of your time than I promised you, so um, I want to let you All get right. on to your next event. But tell me, when when it when it comes time to draft, you're going to have Curtis Peterson right there at your side. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's It's going to be kind of fun to see who you guys end up with on your teams. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. Like I said, we've been scouting, you know, and, and we got a meeting this afternoon to go over rules and stuff. And and so I've been just really, really – and, Steve, you can't imagine how many people are calling, text my phone, pick me, pick me. Yeah. I said, you know, you got to put your name down in the draft and we'll take a look at you. That's all I can do. And, I mean, I'm never going to lie to anybody about that. Hey, I'm picking you. Because hell, when it comes our pick, you may be gone. Yeah. Then what? We got to have options, man. And so (laughs) we'll make a list of of at least, I don't know, 10, 12, maybe 15 people out of each event. And and we'll check them off where we want them. You know, we'd like this one first, or we'd like this one first. Or if this one's gone, then this is our backup plan. We got a whole strategy board. But the fact is, you can't really unveil all this right now because. There's other coaches. They're they're thinking the same on the same lines that we are. You know, they want this guy or this guy or this girl. And I mean, you know, hell, we got to pick breakaway ropers right on down the list to bulldoggers. And uh, I tell you another little deal that's going to make this real interesting. You can't have somebody outside Hayes for you. Oh, really? Got to be a team member, whether it's a bronc rider or, or a team roper. It's got to be somebody on your team. So you got to find a bulldogger or somebody who can haze for your steer wrestlers as well. I hadn't even thought about that, Fred. Yes, I mean it's when you get down into the belly of this deal, it's not as simple as it looks on the surface. When you're drafting team ropers, okay, this might be my dumb. This might be my other dumb question in the interview. When you're drafting team ropers, are you drafting a team together, or are you drafting a header and then turning around and drafting a healer? They had to interact. You're drafting a team. It'll be one pick. You'll get both guys. Got it. So that'll yeah. that that could make the the that that's if if you had to that would make it an interesting challenge all by itself, one way or the other. Um, Fred Whitfield's joining us, and uh, this kid kid rocks rock and roll rodeo May seventeenth, uh, just ahead of the PBR World Finals. One of the things that's happened a lot lately in rodeo, Fred, is a lot of people are trying new things. This is from the team concept. It's an old thing being brought back, but a lot of people are trying new things. I think it's going to be fun to see how it works. Well, I'm excited about it. Like like I said, you know, it's Joe and Cody and Sid and Bobby and Luke's our commissioner, and they've all got uh, – Joe's an assistant coach. Yeah. And 
Trevor. I forgot Trevor. You can't forget the king of the Cowboys. No. He's a coach also. And you know how competitive that little sucker is, so I can't wait to stick it on his ass. You hear? <laughs> Will there be a got, little smack talk in the background, Fred? I, That's what I want I to know. I on my list, and he's at the top, him and Cody O. Got it. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a little mercy for the rest of them, but I got them two on my list. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. You know, one of the things I, I talked to Cody earlier and and I asked him kind of the same question. One of the things that I think really has made the tie down roping as popular as it is at the National Finals Rodeo, there were a lot of years there where it was whether it was Fred and Cody, whether it was Fred and Joe or Trevor and whoever, the the rivalries that developed in the tie down roping. Um, you got there were a lot of kind of head to head matchups we all got to look looking forward to watching in your event. Yeah, it, it, a special deal, man. The thing of it is, is, is none of us back down. You know what I mean? If 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 he tied one fast, I said, shit, I can do it. Yeah. You know, and uh, if Joe tied one fast, I said, you ain't done shit yet. Wait till I go. You know, and that was just our approach. We had we had something. Uh, it was really really unique man and, and fun to be a part of and uh, I don't know I mean I can't I can't just put my finger on what it was but every time one of us done something and hell you know it was I think the, for 10 years it was either me or Cody that yep. won the world yep. and, Lewis in there and got one from us and then I guess Joe Joe and Roy and then Herbert kind of I guess Herbert won the world in 94. I was a few years in and had one gold buckle, but there's not very many of them that got away once that Cody old got on the scene. And then, you know, Trevor won a couple What Trevor win three and then tough, but hell I was pretty much on my way out once tough got in, you know, in, in Las Vegas, that deal today with the way it pays, uh, I just, like I went out there at the finals and was there the whole time this year, man. And it's crazy. Yeah. The amount of money can win out there, which I mean, I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wish it would have paid that much back when I was rodeoing because I, instead of me going through 10 rounds and winning 66,000 through 10 rounds, now it'd be 166, yeah. you know? Yep. No, it would be. Um, Fred, have fun with this thing. Um, it sounds to me oh, like you're, uh, you got the right guy in your corner. It sounds to me like it's going to be a lot of fun. I just have this feeling there are going to be a little coaches going talking to each other in the background, but uh, that's going to be a, a, a whole bunch of fun all by itself. Enjoy the hell out of it, would you? Yes, sir. Glad to be a part. Fred Whitfield joining us on Legends of the Hall. We invite you to join us for the Steve Kenyon podcast this week. Our featured interview presented by Classic Ropes and Classic Equine, Logan Hay. Had a great visit with Logan. He just won the saddle bronc riding at the rodeo in San Antonio, Texas. We learn a lot about bronc riding, a lot about Logan's recovery from a scary injury last year. Logan Hay joins us on the Steve Kenyon podcast this week. That drops on Thursday. Thank you for joining us for Legends of the Hall, brought to you by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. <laughs>